Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1, Introduction, Part 3. Now, hopefully you've been on this journey, and if you haven't, um, please, I do recommend you go back and start at Part 1 of this series, uh, the introduction to Digital Jesus. We're talking about the oppression of man and the oppression uh, by man on man, woman, child, and also the separation of our relationship with our spiritual self. We've talked about the systems that are in place that are carrying out this attack, and we're going to look further and dig deeper into the rabbit hole of exactly how that is taking place. Now, clearly, uh, the overall situation is there's a manipulation of public voice i.e mine yours if you have anything to say that is contrary to the narrative that's being rolled out via the multimedia uh, mass media and their opinions right so if you challenge their opinions it's like being in stasi russia or nazi germany you'd literally get silenced and I, I reckon sooner or later they're already doing it in some countries they just disappear you you never you never get seen again right they've got children communicating via computers instead of face to face more and more they're buying into what they're being sold down those channels and they're using all the various techniques of proving that they're acquiescing wearing masks getting vaccinated etc etc so we're going to look a little bit further into this rabbit hole. As I said, we've, we we ended the part two discussing system sciences and how there is an, a collaboration um, or rather two systems in place. There's the game theory and the system science, which they're being which are being used to create modeling, modeling to determine the future, to roll out their systems, how they want it to look in the future and to get you there. And to get you there, even when you think you are not acquiescing. So you, it's a lose-lose situation for us and a win-win situation for them. And they've got it all mapped out. And some have said, and I'm one of those people that are assigning to that more and more, is that this has been a 100-year strategy. It's gone back to the 20s. Uh, certainly back to the Industrial Revolution in some terms. But as an active, participatory effort, from multi-cultural cross-nation meaning various different states involved in the process this has been going on for almost 100 years and we're in the final days of it we really are and so we talked about the digital divide and we talked about some of the key players or at least we are going to name some now now we had ed roberts he was a computer engineer right Henry Edward Roberts, he was an entrepreneur and a medical doctor who invented the first commercially successful personal computer in 1974. Now he's often most known as the father of the personal computer. So there's a couple of people they say are the father of the computer. I don't think they can really pin it down. But the main thing is that this guy, he founded micro-instrumentation and telemetry systems, MIT, the MITS, in 1970 to sell electronics kits to model rocketry hobbyists but the first successful product was an electronic calculator kit that was featured on the cover of the november 1971 issue of popular electronics the calculators were very successful and sales topped one million dollars in 1973 wow that's a lot of money 
1974, there was a brutal calculator price war and that left the company deeply in debt. Anyway, Roberts himself, Henry Edward Roberts, he then went on to develop the Altair 8800 personal computer that used the new Intel 8080 microprocessor. This was featured on the cover of the January 1975 issue of Popular Electronics. Bill Gates and Paul Allen joined MITS to develop software. He was Bill Gates and Paul Allen's boss. And the hobbyists flooded MITS with orders for this $397 computer kit in 1975. I think a Ford Cortina wasn't that far off that, about 800 quid or something. Anyhow, it was expensive. Robert sold MITS in 1977 and retired to Georgia, as I said, where he farmed and studied medicine. So, that's what happened. Now, why did I mention this guy, um, Ed Roberts? He left a huge company. He went on to become a local GP. Yeah, retired to Georgia where he farmed, studied medicine, and eventually became a small town doctor. Living in Cochrane, Georgia. Bill Gates and Paul Allen joined MITS to develop software and Altair Basic, Microsoft's first product. Interesting that, isn't it? That their boss left arguably the biggest company on the planet in terms of computer to become a doctor. Well, we know about Bill Gates because we know about Bill Gates and his old vaccination program and the Bill Gates Foundation. We know what he's up to. What about his partner, Paul Allen? Well, he's dead now. He died in October 2018. He's a researcher, investor, and ultimately philanthropist. Because, let's face it, that's what happens when you have $20 billion in the bank at the time of your death, right? You got plenty of dough. Best known for co-founding Microsoft Corporation with childhood friend Bill Gates in 1975, it helped spark the microcomputer revolution of the 70s and 80s. Microsoft became the world's largest personal computer software company. Notice they say software. Most people would think Microsoft. Hmm. Desktop computers, hardware. No, software. Allen was ranked as the 44th wealthiest person in the world by Forbes in 2018. Most people don't talk about Paul Allen. But Allen left active operations at Microsoft in early 1983 after contracting Hodgkin lymphoma and remaining on its board as vice chairman. He and his sister Jody Allen founded Vulcan Incorporated in 86, which is a privately held company that managed his various business and philanthropic efforts. Now, if you take a visit to Vulcan.com, you will arrive at their website and under our work, the drop-down menu in communities, they say they're supporting strong global communities. Inequity is one of the most pressing global social, economic and moral issues we face today, it says on the opening page. While the percentage of people living in extreme poverty is decreasing there are still no more than 700 million people 
roughly 10% of the world's population, who struggle to have their basic needs met. Such access, access to education, food, healthcare and clean water. I agree, that is true. It's probably higher and when this this billionaire, really, billionaire, half of a most powerful partnership says stuff like that, it makes me question, well, hold on, actually, I think the number's a lot bigger than that. Why? Because of the systematic eradication of an individual, aka anyone less than who's in the chosen crew, uh, which you, I suppose you could put them in the category of the haves. All the haves, they don't have to worry about this. If you are in a situation where you have enough money to gain an education, if that's what you want, personally, I'm over with education and the systems that offer it because it's pure indoctrination in my opinion if you have enough to eat and you can have decent health care without that nhs bollocks they keep shipping out telling you, you can't have certain work done because it's not covered or you know that they're running at a loss and then you will be okay but if you are one of the growing numbers of people living on the poverty line below the poverty line and now in fear of your future for not just yourself and your family then this uh statement is really out of date isn't it and in my mind it is out of date so if we scan down the page we come past a few different objectives of vulcan.com and the one that draws my attention is the 2014 ebola outbreak I quote, soon after the 2014 outbreak started in West Africa, Paul G. Allen committed $100 million to the, to the response and mobilized a program that brought strategic and targeted solutions to the global outbreak and addressed evolving needs. The Paul G. Allen Ebola program focused on six key areas emergency response, emergency management systems, medivac, behaviour change, recovery and research and development. Sounds like a little test really, doesn't it? Little kind of, uh, what they call that? A field study. That's right. Just like what COVID is, a field study. And remember what it said there? It's, it said, Combating the 2014 Ebola outbreak started in West Africa and then they say they're targeting solutions to the global outbreak. They've already made it a global issue, even though it wasn't. And, and yeah, so very suspect, very, very suspect that two of the most wealthiest people were looking into vaccines and responding to outbreaks this company is also specifically investing in vaccination programs too and you can 
find that out for yourself if you go and have a look at their website. In fact, they had a feature documentary, Unseen Enemy, which explores the reasons 21st century populations are experiencing a rash of diseases that were once only outbreaks but have now become full-blown epidemics. The increased risk and the way society and individuals can work together to reduce that risk are explained by highlighting the case studies of three epidemics, Ebola, Influenza and Zika, spelt Z-I-K-A. The film looks at how population growth, urbanisation, increased travel and climate change have increased the risk disease will spread and mutate. Mm. So nothing like what they're doing today, right? Targeting urbanisation, targeting population growth, targeting travel, targeting climate change and the risk and spread of mutating diseases. Mm. Okay, so that's what Paul Allen was up to before he died. Hopefully that helps you to see that, well, it kind of runs in the family, doesn't it? So all these people running around playing doctors and they're just computer programmers. What's going on? One can only question what is going on. We'll continue, see where it takes us. He had a multi-billion dollar investment portfolio, including technology and media companies, media, mm-hmm. scientific research, retail estate holdings, private space flight ventures and stakes in other sectors. In the year 2000, he resigned from his position at Microsoft's board and assumed the post of senior strategy advisor to the company's management team. He was also founder of the Allen Institute for Brain Science. And here we have it, artificial intelligence. Now, some might say that's a natural progression. A computer software programmer moving into artificial intelligence. Well, is it? I'm not sure. If you've already got a listing on the Forbes 2018. All right. Hold on a second. Because in 2000, he resigned from his position at Microsoft, right? So from 2000 to when he died in 2018, he went on this mission, on this artificial intelligence mission. Now, did he already know he had it? Yes, he did. He already had, in 1983, Hodgkin lymphoma. Now, I'm not sure what Hodgkin lymphoma is, so I'm going to just read out for all our purposes, what it is. It's a type of lymphoma in which cancer originates from a specific type of white blood cells called lymphocytes, where multinucleated Reed-Sternberg cells are present in a patient's lymph nodes. Symptoms may include fever, night sweats, weight loss, and... In the United States, 86% of people diagnosed with it survive for five years of longer. For those under the age of 20, survival rates are 97%. Uh, quite a lot of people have it. 574,000 people had it in 2015. 4.2% of those died from it. So, it doesn't get you straight away, but it looks like it eats you away. But I digress. 
what we're looking at here is where Paul Allen decided to put his efforts and his uh, arguably depleting years. It was artificial intelligence and cell science. Cell science, what's that all about? Well, the Allen Institute for Cell Science is a research institute established in Seattle, Washington in December 2014. And it's modeled, modeled in large part on the Allen Institute for Brain Science and received the same initial financial commitment from Allen, 100 million US dollars over five years. The two institutes also share the same building. The focus of the institute will be how does information encoded in our genes become living cells? And what goes wrong when a disease affects those cells? All data generated and research tools developed by the institute will be made publicly available online. Well, I couldn't find anywhere anything, I beg your pardon, but I did go and look at their website, the Allen Institute for Immunology. And over on the Our Research page, they talk about millions of people around the world suffering with or even dying from diseases related to the immune system, autoimmune disease, chronic infections and cancer among others. Yet we still don't have anywhere near a complete understanding of what makes a healthy immune system, let alone what goes wrong with in that system. I beg your pardon, let alone what goes wrong in that system in disease. Hmm. It also goes on to say, in the last decade there have been some significant advances in diagnostics and treatment for immune-related diseases, but these advances are just the tip of a large iceberg. At the Allen Institute for Immunology, we are taking a large-scale approach to understanding a diverse suite of cell types their networks and the molecules that make up the healthy immune system in both children and adults, all while studying the same foundational components of the immune system in disease states. We are also studying how the immune system changes over time in healthy individuals, in parents as their disease progresses and in patients as they respond to treatments. As the system constantly and dynamically responds to our environment and changes as we age, we will study the immune system with careful consideration to three age groups, detailed health status, gender and seasonal variation. Sounds all very connected to what's happening today, right, with the COVID business. We will also examine immune response and its memory in our volunteers and patients with a medically warranted vaccine challenge. To accomplish this with urgency, we are bringing the Allen Institute's expertise in large-scale, high-throughput bioscience to the study of the immune system, system, coupled with other cutting-edge technologies specific to the immune system. They are rolling out an immune system program very very scary business going on there i guess i just find it a little bit peculiar that both gates and paul allen moved into medical fields 
right? And so did the founder of the company that they both worked at uh, as as mates. So I find that interesting that the chain has this invested interest in medical business, in products that are connected to the immune system or vaccination, right? So I'm just exploring that and opening it up that this is something to be aware of. Now, we're still on this idea of what digital means. So where does that mean? Well, of course, because Bill Gates and Paul Allen made their wealth in the digital domain, in software. So it is, it is connected. And, they, you know, they, they never won a Nobel Prize, interestingly, for their work, which I'm not, not sure why when you, you've got people like Obama winning a Nobel Prize, even though at the time he got it, he was going to war and he had his troops you know in afghanistan and and he was unapologetic about it but yet they gave him a nobel prize for peace so that's just ridiculous and increasingly uh nobel prize winners have been uh those in arbitration and those you know, like kissinger got a, a nobel prize for oh my goodness like what a war monger that guy is uh, but there was one guy who turned down, well, there's a couple actually, but this guy, I hope I get his pronunciation right, Le Duc Tho, he's a Vietnamese fella, and he turned it down. He turned it down. He said, you can't give it to me. Uh, he won it jointly with uh, Henry Kissinger, but he refused it. You get $1.2 million actually for winning this thing. So that's a lot. That's not just the money that he turned down he turned down uh, aka the accolade but it's not an accolade to him it was it was um, a hypocrite a hypocritical statement as he said that's ridiculous kissinger was still at war you know he's still advocating war and you gave him the, uh, the nobel peace prize and you want me to be bundled into that he went thanks but no thanks don't want it he turned it down just a little side note there and where do we end up with? Oh, yeah, so arbitration, what is that? Well, that's a, that's a court. It's, well, it's not a court. It's a group of people that operate outside the court. They're a group of people that are allowed to make decisions, legal decisions, which a court mostly will uh, just push through and ratify, basically. So very shady business, isn't it, what goes on in the world? So that Nobel Peace Prize, who, who were other winners? Roosevelt in 06, uh, as I said, Kissinger and Obama, Martin Luther King. And there is a lot of shady business around that because those arbitration winners were 07, 08, 09, 11. Uh, Woodrow Wilson won it in 1919. He's famously uh, reported as being found a member of the League of Nations, which went on to be the United Nations. Um, Obama. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2009. Uh, he filibustered the bill to grant amnesty to telecoms co uh, companies uh, that they were allowed to record people. Um, that's pretty damning, isn't it? He said he was going to close Guantanamo. He never did that. He said he was going to withdraw from violent overseas conflicts. He never did that. And he said he would solve the financial collapse. Well... He reneged on all of them. Of course he did, as soon as he got into office. And yet he's a man to be revered, is he? Not by me. And I don't care what colour he is. It's nothing to do with colour. He tells us one thing, and he lied. He lied. He said he was going to do something, 
to the American people. When he got into office, what did he do in two terms? The opposite. So you can't trust them. It doesn't want what doesn't matter what colour they are and where they say they come from. Cannot trust politicians. Full stop. And finally, we are going to talk about Bill Gates. Bill Gates actually is going to be referred to probably not so often, but he's definitely going to come up in my podcast, which will follow shortly. Um, it's called the triangle of terror and just to give you an idea of where we're going to go with it here is a patent that bill gates put in it's patent 060606 underneath um, section 0024 this is what it says Communication network may include any wired or wireless connection, the internet or any other form of communication, although one network is identified, may include any number of different communication networks between any of the server devices, resources and systems shown. There's a drawing here that shows you the interaction between people, databases, cloud technology and humans and uh, operating systems, right? And they employ different types of networks. For example, we're not limited to computer networks, telecommunications networks, e.g. cellular, mobile, wireless data and networks, and any combination of these and other networks. Okay, moving down to Article 0036, where it says, Furthermore, the task provided by Task Server 110 can include solving a test for distinguishing human from machine. Check that out. A test distinguishing human from machine why would you need that surely you'd know i know what a human is right i know what a machine is so the idea that he's got a solving he's got a test for distinguishing human from machine so that humans but not computers are able to pass it so only a, a human can pass it but a computer can't such as computer automated programs tell computers and flumens as they're calling them F-L-U-M-A-N-S which is the capture-like system designed to establish that a computer is human. The task may require user 145 to solve a verification challenge, for example, but not limited to an image-based challenge, including instructions prompting user 145 to solve the challenge through interaction with one or more images. You know that... Uh, image capture thing where you want to go into a website and it says are you human and then you have to say uh, click on the pictures where there's a traffic light okay then he's talking about that so it's just an interactive uh, situation rather way to connect with this uh, portal yeah let's call it a portal but in uh, that was 35 in 36 Ah, this is the, the way it's get crazy. Um, a user 145, that is a body response related to the task provided by task server 110 and then transmit the sense body activity of user 145 to user device 130. The body activity may include, for example, but not limited to radiation emitted from the human body, brain activities, body flow, blood flow, organ activity or movement, body movement and any other activities that can be sensed and represented by images, waves, signals, text, numbers, degrees or any other form of information or data. 
Examples of body radiation emitted from human body may include radiant heat of the body, pulse rate or brainwave. Brainwaves may comprise, for example, but not limited to gamma waves involving in lear- involved in learning or memory tasks, beta waves involved in logical thinking and or conscious thought, alpha waves, which may be related to subconscious thoughts. Theta waves, which may be related to thoughts involving deep and raw emotions. Delta waves, update since original recording. There has even been a new announcement of a Delta variant of the coronavirus. Now, is that a coincidence or planned? Let's continue. Delta waves, which may be involved in sleep or deep relaxation. Wow. Bill Gates. Right. If you don't know what patent six, sorry, patent 060606 is, it's a way for Bill Gates to monetize everything I just read out. What you think, what you feel, what your body is doing, what your blood is doing, even what your breath is doing. It has a way to monetize all of that. Essentially, he's patenting the human body. That's messed up, mate. Messed up. And if he tells you anything other than that, he's lying. He's the dude that wants to kill off who? Or he wants to create what? Who is he? He's a computer programmer and here he's telling you what he's going to do. He's going to monetize you. And I'll I'll explain to you why in a triangle of fear. Staying on track. Why is digital so dangerous to the human? Because digital is... The method by which they're creating the control. They're obviously they're using 5G. I'll talk more about that in the terror of the triangle as well. And it's inviolable. It's never to be broken, infringed or dishonored. Unlike the Magna Carta. That was meant to be the first rule. In fact, it is the first and only one of three standing rules that have stayed consistent or should be consistent in English law. Is that... The relationship with the church and a person's right to be answerable to the church is above the law. Imagine that. It actually above the law. But yet they don't tell you that. They're telling you that you're not allowed to go to church, that you're not allowed to sing, that you're not allowed to sit next to each other in church and to be a faith-based parishioner. I'll read what that clause remaining in the English law is. It says, I, first, we have granted to God and by this our present charter have confirmed for us and our heirs forever that the Church of England shall be free and shall have her whole rights and liberties inviolable we have granted also and given to all the freemen of our realm for us and our heirs forever these liberties underwritten to have and to hold to them and theirs of us 
and our heirs forever. That's what it says, but there's also two others. The city of London shall have all the old liberties and customs which it hath been used to have. Moreover, we will and grant that all other cities, boroughs, towns, and the barons of the five ports, as with all other ports, shall have all their liberties and free customs. The city of London, eh? Mm, free to do as it pleases outside the law. And that is true. It has its own police force even to prove it. And its own legal system, believe it or not. No freeman. This is the third one that's in. It's uh, 19, yep. No freeman shall be taken or imprisoned or be deceased of his freehold or liberties or free customs or be outlawed or exiled or any otherwise destroyed. Nor will we not pass upon him nor condemn him but by lawful judgment of his peers or by the law of the land. We will sell to no man. We will not deny or defer to any man either justice or right. So when you go on a march to ask for your freedom and you say, ah, oh, you use common law perhaps, which is Magna Carta, actually, you're buggered because they changed the law. The law says that they can do what they want to you because it says there that nor condemn him but by lawful judgment of his peers. That mean they get you to court and then take it up with you? They're supposed to, but they don't because they just make up the law. They put you in a jail cell for a bit and then chuck you out. Guess what? If you do make it to court, it gets chucked out or they just make you a joke of you anyway and go, look at this geezer trying to take on the British establishment. Pfft, no chance. You're out the door, son. If you're lucky, I won't put you in jail. That's how they look at it. So, civil liberties in the Utah United Kingdom, gone. Telling me they're not trying to separate man from God? Well, they've done it. And then now they're telling you to wear masks and stand up in church, sit down, whatever. Don't go, don't sing, don't pray. They're, they're arresting people in the street now, Christians, for for what? For standing on a soapbox and preaching the word. Yet you can go, and I'm not having a go at Muslims or Islam, but you can go freely and do your whatever outside your mosque five, six, seven times a day. Commun con congregate next to each other shoulder to shoulder and that's okay during a lockdown but you can't do that in church so you see that's how they pit us one one against the other we're all men we're all women we all bleed yeah we're all the same we all when you cut us we bleed red so we're all the same don't let them divide don't let them cause division by religion or sex or color yeah don't fall into that trap because that's what they want you to do fall into that trap the digital revolution is about separating us and taking over our voice. That's what they want to do. They are quietly going about their business. But now more and more, more than ever, they're being boisterous and noisy about it. And they're telling you it's happening. They're using media based on the silicon chip, data collection, uh, collation of information, cross-referencing digging down into our relationships. They've got it. They're all cross-referencing through their Facebooks and their Twitters and their Insta accounts and your telephone bills and your telephone usage. And now they've got you doing a track and trace. 
because they want to know where you are all the time because they need to you know what they need to do they need to triangulate you that's where the triangle terror podcast is going to reveal more to you three years ago after coming from a conference through my job i met a man he'd been to a meeting and he was telling me about how he is responsible for developing a lamppost called the smart lamppost and he'd sold it into multiple countries and he was he was upset and i asked him i'd never heard of this what what are these smart lampposts you're talking of and he went on to explain what they were well they work on 5g and they need 5g technology because they have so many different aspects to the capabilities that these smart lampposts have they cover a multitude of sins i'll tell you what they do there's a website the euro cities thing apparently milan has more of them than any they're in greenwich i think in london um yeah and they've got technical options not they're not just light systems but they provide electricity a control system and they have smart fittings uh, they have concealed speakers concealed microphones they can send out messages obviously they have image sensing so proximity pedestrian counters parking monitors and public security they can probably even read your retina high definition cameras and the lamppost can be tapped into from uh, any smart device any app-based wireless control and it has digital signage, a wayfinding system, traffic directions, civic info, revenue potential. Revenue potential. So it can give out fines, basically. So if you walk past it and drop a cigarette, and that's prohibited, you'll get a fine in the post. How? Mm, because they'll know who you are, and they'll go into that, into the Triangle of Terror. You'll be able to charge your e-vehicle, your e-bike. It'll even tell the people that are monitoring these posts whether there's been a flood near the post. It's got a digital street sign which can be changed. An RGBA notification. Oh, what's that? It can change colours and it can sense what's going on in the air in terms of air quality and air noise. And of course it has Wi-Fi mobile a mesh a mesh you know what that is 5g and i'll talk about that in the triangle of terror the man that i'm talking about who's in my car he was devastated because i said to him how you know that's really looking at a dystopian future and he said he's 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 devastated he said he's, he's torn he said on one half he realizes he invented a product and he sold it and he's just he's just made himself a multi-millionaire in one signature and he's going to be set for life him he said five generations of his family guaranteed will be set now and i said okay so why are you so upset he said because i've created a terrible thing he said i've done a terrible thing i've created a monster to which i asked him so why don't you do something about it 
And his most chilling words were, it's too late. It's too late. The damage is done. And I'm sorry. That is a true story of a man who brought you the smart lamppost. Come over to my podcast, Triangulation of Terror, and I'll explain to you exactly why he is devastated. And you should also be devastated. Because one and all, we are in very dangerous times. Remember in episode one of this introduction, I talked to you about Operation Paperclip. Now maybe you've gone off and had a look at that yourself. Now you can look this up, just as I am now. I know about it, but just for the purposes of re... Oh, hello, watch it, look. Operation Paperclip. I'll run a search. Let's see. Safari can't open the page. You can't look up Operation Paperclip now. Imagine that. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's when the US government took 200 Nazi scientists at the, at the end of the war. The end of the Second World War, the American government took 200 Nazi scientists to Silicon Valley. It was essentially the start of Silicon Valley. Eugenesis computer engineers, mad doctors. No doubt Mengele, the angel of death, the guy that used to pick people out of the Auschwitz and do heinous and like terrible experiments on them. I spoke of him earlier. Those types of people, that's who America employed, put into their services. The very America that you seem to be so connected to in some way or another being rolled out in the news around the world as if what happens in America affects somewhere like on the other side of the world for instance so why is it you can't search Operation Paperclip today well I can't maybe you can why is it that IBM were collating data on Nazis in Germany whilst Enigma was being cracked on the other side of the the, uh, the, the English channel and why is multimedia now more dangerous than ever even though the first time it was referred to anyone in print was about me proven by the fact that it was written in such words this man is multimedia yet yeah, except I am not using multimedia to enslave us even further and to keep us from our spiritual path and from each other and you know what that word that is becoming more and more increasingly elusive and at the same time something that everyone wants and seeks love love for others love for self love for society love from society and I'm going to talk about that as well in this upcoming series that's uh, unfolding as we as we travel along this series of Digital Jesus. We'll talk about how these systems and these game theorists are using data 
to tear apart our lives and to put us in positions of acquiescence. And we're going to talk about the solutions and how we can take back our planet from Satanists. And we're going to share this information. And we're going to talk about the uncomfortable untruths as much as the truthful comfortability. We're going to share our theories and we're going to talk about what we feel and what we think. And we're going to question those that are quenching our voice, that are closing us down, that are silencing us, that are deciding what information we can access, that are teaching our children to hate us because we have a different opinion, that are educating, that are employing people based on their colour, regardless of whether they think that's fair or not. People that are operating, although they say they're following the law, are operating outside of it. And we're going to talk about these people, and we're going to continue to talk about them until they get held accountable, or until Jesus arrives and judgment day ensues because anyone who isn't aware of what's going on might get away with being judged and sent downstairs to hell but those of you know what's going on those of you that watch the tv the news listen to the conversations going on around you in public places and know it doesn't make sense and still continue to regurgitate that don't make sense narrative you have been served you are culpable you are complicit ignorance is no defense and for those of you roll out the decronium measures and cause protectionism for those that are creating the hypocrisy and the lies you have no defense you cannot just say I was doing my job you have been served and in the eyes of the Lord my God and his gracious son who came to give his life for our sins you have been warned this is your warning and I pray for your soul And for all my brothers and sisters and like minds, whether saved or otherwise, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming on the journey. Be bold and continue to be strong and to go out into the world and to confess over others their lies, to point out the deceit and to continue to be the voice in the wilderness because it's you that will be remembered for your courage because when those that act with courage are victorious those that were cowards will cringe in your presence and they do now so love them Educate them and show them the way. And in the word of James from the Bible, depart in peace, be warned and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. 
what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. My name's King David. This is Digital Jesus. See you on the other side. Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus. Digital Jesus.